Welcome to Tim Stodds FM, a place to share new ideas, speak freely, and continuously find ways to live our best lives. And now your host, Tim Stoddart. Hey, what's up, everyone? My name is Tim Stoddart. Welcome to Tim Stodds FM. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so glad that you're here. We have a great episode today. Today, I had my first ever second time guest, my good friend, Veronica Amarante. Veronica has been an associate and a friend and a a business colleague of mine for, gosh, years at this point. I, I don't even know how long we've been working together. And and I'm happy to report that this episode was the, the revisit of how her first year being an entrepreneur and the first year of running her own business has gone. And I think that there's so much value in this episode because we get, we get all through the highs and lows of the experience of, of what it's like to truly be on your own and start a business. Uh, Veronica kind of came into this episode uh, expressing some frustrations that she's been going through and then we rebounded and we talked about all the success and all the positivity that's been going on in her life with with how well that she's actually done through this first year of running her own business it, it was a a very candid and a very um open and honest and heartfelt relationship and i feel that i feel that we addressed a lot of the fears and a lot of the struggles that everybody goes through when they're out on their own and when they're trying to run their own show because these fears and these setbacks and these struggles are inevitable and the people who succeed in running their own business and and living life the way that they want to, they're always the ones that were able to kind of get through these challenges and, and keep their end goal and keep their vision in mind. So with that, please help me welcome Veronica Amarante. Veronica, what's up? Thank you so much for coming on my show again. You are officially my first repeat guest, if that makes you feel special at all. It does make me feel special. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Sure. So what's going on? How's life? Well, um... (laughs) um you know with entrepreneurship i think it's safe to say that it's a roller coaster and sometimes you're up and sometimes you're down and i think this is one of those periods when you're sort of down but you can't let it get you down because if you're down and you let it get you down then it affects your near future if that makes any sense so I think I'm doing my best at like not letting things get into my head and as a result create a self-fulfilling prophecy if that makes any sense of course it makes sense it's it's uh, amazing in my experience how much your thoughts and your attitude on things really affects just how other people feel when they're around you. And then I believe in the work that we do, like half the battle is just making people is, is being influential on, on what people feel when they're like deciding to work with you or not. Yeah, no, I think we have a huge responsibility 
not just how much, you know, what people feel, but also in educating people on how things work and, you know, to the credit of other people, a lot of, you know, they know how things work, but, you know, we are specialists in our own given right. And I think, you know, there, there is some education to be done. And I think how you show up to those conversations matters. And I think it does, you know, affect the end result. So if you're showing up low energy, you know, you may not get the result that you want. So I, 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 which is kind of messed up, but you're sort of not allowed to some degree to feel your feelings, right? Like mm. you can, you know, behind closed doors, but when it comes to interfacing with a client or even your staff, you, you can't, you know, be real about how you feel because that can affect the outcome, not just of, you know, whatever interaction, but of the overall goal. Do you agree? Yeah, I totally agree. I think there's like, I think there's a good way to word that where on the surface, you could certainly say, yeah, can't let people truly know your feelings. But I, I think for me, even more than that, it's just about being mindful of like the energy that you're giving off. You know, there's, there's a difference between just sort of acknowledging. Um, and, and again, I, I don't know the, the, personals of, of some of the struggles that you say that you're going through right now, but there's a difference between acknowledging that like you're going through a challenge or like you're trying to figure something out. And then on the flip side of that, maybe walking into a meeting or like walking into a coffee date or something and just dumping all of your problems on other people. Um, Cause nobody appreciates that because I, no. I, I think at the end of the day, everybody has, things that are going on in their life right no matter how good things are whether it's business or personal or like relationships or i don't know your fitness or anything that somebody's trying to work on anybody at any time no matter what has some problems that they're working through so so for me i think it's really just a matter of kind of positioning and like how you approach those conversations so even if things aren't really the best that they've ever been, you can still bring a sense of optimism and, and positivity in, into a conversation. 100%. And I think like for the sake of kind of, you know, catching up listeners since the last time I was on, I am happy to report that I had an amazing year. And, you know, it was my first year, you know, out of my own. And, you know, there's a lot of amazing things that happen, such as, you know, breaking the six figure mark. And, you know, that doesn't happen, you know, to everyone. So I think I do have a lot to be grateful for, despite, you know, my current concerns. And, and I can say that my current concerns are more um, fears rather than actual issues, right? So, but I am happy to report that, you know, I did have an amazing first year and that I did, you know, break, you know, that six figure mark and that, you know, I had some amazing events happen within that year. So, you know, I don't want to be Debbie Downer, you know, in this episode, but, you know, I, I definitely want to um, also highlight, you know, the accomplishments and the fact that it was an, an, indeed an amazing year. 
And it's something that was unexpected because, you know, as you know, um, and maybe the listeners don't know, I've always been skeptical about starting my own business. Mm -hmm. I never really, you know, it wasn't really my thing to be an entrepreneur. I was always, you know, I came from the school of thinking like, no, having, you know, an employer and a full-time job is the most secure path. And then later I discovered that it's not, it's quite the opposite, you know, you have more control when you run your own thing. Um, so, you know, entrepreneurship was never really like my jam. So sort of like all the things that I believed, I kind of debunked myself, you know, and not on purpose. It just sort of worked that way. But, um, you know, I think that, that the takeaway from this is that it's so important to nurture relationships, to have a good reputation, to, um, you know, always be expanding your network of contacts because that was all a result of like people that I knew and referrals. I didn't do a lot of marketing other than, you know, whatever I was doing on social. But even that was like sort of for my own fun. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't really sort of like a marketing strategy that I deployed for a client. You know, that was kind of more of like, hey, I want to get on a live and talk to my friends. So, um, you know, for those of you listening who who have their own business or who are thinking of starting their own business, relationships are everything. So... There, there's a lot for me to unpack right there. And I just got really, really exciting listening to that because um, I, didn't, I didn't realize until you just mentioned it that the first time that you and I talked on this podcast was basically when you were first starting your company. Yeah. Um, and to hear that you were able to break that threshold, like that's a big deal like <laughs> it's really difficult yeah. to do that that first year i i sure as hell didn't do that uh the first year that i started my company well does that like sink in or are you still feeling that sense of it's not good enough i want to keep doing better are you giving yourself some room to kind of feel like i did really good so far yeah. how, how how are you sitting with all that? Well, you know me personally, so you know that I'm like, I always, you know, it's never good enough. Like there's always better, you know, and there's always that, you know, perfection sort of, um, you know, thing we try to reach and, you know, you could always do better. So personally, um, no, I haven't, I, I haven't really like let that sink in. And even as I share it with you, it's kind of like, a, not a body experience where it's like it happened to someone else and not me um but but yeah like you know it is something that I sort of need to give myself credit for because I don't you know and listening to you say oh that doesn't happen you know for the most part to everyone it, it's it means a lot because to me it's like oh okay great you accomplished that but what's next you know, and, mm -hmm. and I have my mother to credit for that. Like she had an insane work ethic and, you know, for all the, like, you know, this function that she passed on to me, there was a lot of good. And, and, you know, that the work ethic, you know, I, I definitely inherited that from her and she's definitely the kind of person that is like, Oh, okay, great. I'm happy that you did that, but what are you working on next? And yeah. That's kind of a double-edged sword because I think, you know, we should give ourselves credit for our accomplishments, but 
at the same time, there does need to be some sort of line drawn of like, okay, great, uh, but you can't rest on your laurels or whatever the expression is. So um, I think, you know, a balance. So to answer your question, no, it hasn't sinked in. It's sort of like, you know, for some reason, I think that that's normal. And, mm -hmm. um, and I'm afraid to give myself credit to some degree because I'm afraid that it'll make me complacent. And, yeah. and coming from the music business right like so there's always a second album jinx and you know the first album is always great and and somebody may blow up you know from their first album in a good way like you know become super famous and it was an amazing album but then the second album is like where you really like prove your worth of like mm -hmm. you know are you sticking around or was that just luck that you made an amazing album so i sort of feel like you know i have the second album jinx where it's like you did great the first year but can you can you deliver for yourself on the second year so I think there's also some of that can I can I you know outperform you know in the second year can I you know meet the same goal and and I might you know but that is a thing that I think about yeah so I, I think you got it right you got a healthy balance where it's okay to give yourself some credit and acknowledge how far you've come. But the last thing you want to do at this point is, is slow down because you're so close. So now really is the time where you almost want to convince yourself to step on the gas even harder. Yeah. And here's a mistake that I made that I knew I was making and it's kind of hard to, to balance, but it is what it is. But full transparency, I do social media, but no secret, you may put this in the show notes or whatever, but um, you know that I do social media. So my clients always come first. So by the time that I'm done, you know, scheduling posts for my clients or being creative for my clients, the last thing I want to do is like focus on my own brand or post on my social media accounts. Mm -hmm. So what would happen is that, you know, I got so busy and, you know, it, it was a great thing. But then what would happen is that I wouldn't have a content calendar in place for myself and for my sure. own company. And I knew as I was doing it, that, that was a huge mistake that then I would have like a slow period and that then I would want to publish content for myself and that by then people would have forgotten about me or it would be obvious that I'm trying to like promote myself to generate more business, blah, blah, blah. But, um, but it is, you know, it's real. I, I didn't, you know... And again, it's so hard, you know, doing what I do because of the fact that I do have very, you know, limited bandwidth. So again, the last thing I want to do is touch, you know, another social media account when I'm done um, doing stuff for my clients. So um, one of the things I'd recommend is not making the, that mistake, the mistake that I made, which is, you know, not... Um, stopping or slowing down in your own marketing as you continue to do if you do marketing for other people to not neglect your own um accounts which again it's easier said than done especially yeah. like you don't have a team and you know you kind of don't have to delegate you know people to delegate to but i mean there is something to be said about maintaining um 
you know, a strategy for yourself as you're deploying a strategy for your clients. If in fact you do marketing for other people. So then what's your, so, okay. The first step you got, right. The, the first step in fixing any problem is, is acknowledging that there's a problem. So you've acknowledged that you get so deep into the work of the clients that you serve that you may have neglected taking care of the lifeblood of your own business, which is your brand, which is your reputation, your, you know, inbound lead generation, um, whatever you want to call it is there's a million ways to kind of define that, but I, I think you get the point. So, so what's, what's the plan? Because, um, you, you brought on something that is so unilaterally an issue for freelancers and online marketers and just people in our position. And you of all people know how much I can relate to that because it's really difficult. You only got certain hours in the day and, and you have to sleep at some point, you know? So, um, just for my own curiosity to maybe implement some of this stuff on, on my own work and for the sake that I know there's going to be tons of people listening to this that, can say to themselves, man, like I, I did that same thing. I worked so hard for other people and I don't know where to find time to kind of take care of the future of myself and my own business. Have you established a plan for that going forward or are you still just kind of acknowledging that that's the case? Yeah. So I think the real, uh, way to measure this is whether or not those efforts convert. Right. So if you know, like, you know, posting a Facebook is not going to bring you clients, then I wouldn't recommend, you know, spending a lot of time doing that. So I think it's better to look at it in terms of visibility. Right. So for me, um, you know, being visible on social doesn't convert, you know, it just, it's kind of like, okay, great. It's a great reminder of what I do, but that's not usually how I get my clients. I usually Mm -hmm. get my clients through referrals or that's pretty much it through referrals. So for me, it's more of a visibility kind of thing. Now for someone else that may be, you know, um, a way to really get business and, you know, maybe posting on LinkedIn does, you know, convert for you. So, um, it all depends on, on each specific scenario. So for me is about being more visible. And mm-hmm. I think the way and the plan is to definitely set some time aside, um, during the week, whether that's a Sunday evening and schedule out posts, you know, I'm a big fan of scheduling and, you know, leveraging tools that people have made available to us marketers. But, um, I think that if we can, or if I can set aside some time weekly, even when I'm busy, you know, um, I need to do it just because I don't want to make it seem like, oh, okay, um, you know, now things are slow. So now you're posting. Not that everybody knows that, but I know that and that's enough, you know, so um, and, you know, we're our hardest, you know, we judge ourselves so hard. So um, it's just, you know, for me to know that it's, it's enough for me to want to make a change. So I think the plan is to develop like a comprehensive content strategy and to set aside some time, you know, even if it's like, again, a Sunday afternoon to sort of schedule out posts and just to remain visible and to remind people of what we do. And I think that's really important no matter what business you're in. 
you have to remind people and people are so overwhelmed right now and getting hit from all angles when it comes to content and there's it's just so busy out there right now with everyone's publishing content sort of like everyone knows already like what best practices are so you know it's really hard to stand out and it's also really hard to stay top of mind so i think even if we just make the goal remaining visible and reminding people of what we do i think that's enough um and and you never know like someone may see your post and be like oh that's right i i, I need the service or i need to talk to this person or or they may have a conversation with someone you know a few days later and they may recall seeing your post and that may bring about something so i think for me again it's about visibility being visible reminding people of what i do and i think the plan is to to make that to make time for that and if i get busy to outsource that to some degree so mm. I, I i'm a big fan of of doing things myself just because i know my voice i know how i talk i know how i want to talk to people who may be interested in my in my content so i'm very hesitant to outsource that and even outsource client work just because i like really being hands-on um, but I think we need to treat our own brands like we treat our clients. And even if we are super busy with client work, that our own brands need to become a priority and needs to be part of the list of items to do or items to outsource if we can, in fact, do it ourselves. I like that mindset. It reminds me of every time that you and I talk, I feel like all of our conversations of you saying things and then me thinking of a book that I read and it's just <laughs> making me realize that like, I really got to find other hobbies. Um, but yeah. that, that whole philosophy, there's a book I read God, probably 15 years ago called rich dad, poor dad. It's a pretty yeah. famous book. And the guy really popularized it, It's a, a finances book. It's essentially but you can take these lessons and um, use them for any kind of investing thought processes, right? And so his, his mantra is pay yourself first because mm -hmm. even though there's bills piling up and, and there's um, other responsibilities that you have, so if you make the comparison, you know, you could call these other responsibilities and and your expenses is your clients. Like that's your time and, and that's the thing that people are paying you to do. So that always takes a level of urgency above everything else. But even with all of that stuff hanging over your shoulder, if you can somehow find a way to pay yourself first, over time, those payments that you give yourself, that, that has the chance to grow. And so it, it might not look like much today, but a year and a half from now, all of those little tiny payments that you yeah. gave to yourself, they really, really turn into something. And it's, it's difficult to get to that spot a year and a half from now without all of those little, little tiny deposits like into right. yourself, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I was just thinking that a lot when, when you were making those comparisons because you, you can't put yourself like, over your client work because that's that's like the lifeblood of that's the the lifeblood of of your your living right but 
if you don't somehow find a way to make those little investments in yourself, you're always going to be working like one client at a time and you'll never get to that point where you can flourish and grow like exponentially. Yeah. And I think that was one of the biggest lessons and you're so right on. Um, and, and I think that was one of the biggest lessons probably that I've learned, you know, within the last few months is just that, um, you, you can't but because clients are going to come and go with the exception of a few, right? Like you mm -hmm. have those legacy clients that are just, you know, you're just going to stay with as long as there's a budget and, you know, you have a personal relationship with them and you're always going to do right by them. But for the most part, clients are going to come and go. But what's going to remain is it's your brand, right? So if you're not constantly investing, whether that's, you know, remaining visible or learning more or whatever, like you are going to feel the repercussions. And um, again, there's some sort of fake reward for um, putting your clients first. But like you said, there's a balance of, and, and I think it's an attainable balance of making sure that, that the client's needs are met, but then also making sure that you treat yourself as a client and that you give yourself the same kind of courtesy that you'd give a client and have that sort of respect for your own brand. And that's something mm. I haven't done before. Um, and sort of, you know, because again, it's something that we're like, oh, you know, I don't know. I don't really feel like it. And to, so, so, to some degree, we sort of don't respect our brand like a real brand because it's us. And it's, it's so messed up to sort of, and such a disservice to ourselves to not have that respect for our brands. And I think that that's a huge lesson that I've learned. Um, again, for the sake of no, the clients come first and, and for being really great at, at, you know, wanting to deliver the results and, and putting them first. And for some reason I thought I'd get some sort of trophy for doing that. And, and it's just not true, you know, uh, you don't. And, uh, you know, so I, I think, you never, for those of you listening, you don't want to get into that position. And thankfully, you know, it wasn't that bad, but, um, you know, that now I'm like having to start from square one. It's just, you know, I haven't been as visible. So, you know, to some, it might look like, Oh, all of a sudden she's posting a lot, but then again, like who cares what other people think unless they're like paying your bills. But, um, but you know, like who, who cares? Like if people think like, oh, all of a sudden she's posting a lot, like, you know, and again, unless they're a potential client, like who cares, you know? You're, I really, really appreciate you being vulnerable enough on this conversation because as maybe it is, maybe it isn't, I would imagine that there's some level of discomfort talking about some of this stuff in a public forum for you right now. Um, but like everybody is thinking the things that you're saying right now. You, you touched on two, two topics there that really raised my eyebrows. One is respecting yourself enough to treat yourself the same way that you would treat anybody. It's, it's so crazy to think that if I'm giving somebody else advice, which I'm not saying that I should. I'm I'm saying that like from an objective standpoint, mm -hmm. if I can take myself out of an equation and look at what somebody else is doing, 
I would have no problem telling them that you need to put yourself above, like you need to treat yourself first, you know, like do all of, do all of the things that we've just been saying. But when it's you and you're in it and you're feeling it, there's still this really strange pull to think like, I'm not as important as Mm. these other people that I'm serving. So being in it is a whole lot different than just talking about it. And I think acknowledging that is like super cool and super brave of you. And then um, the second part that you touched on is just the same old, same old, like what are other people thinking about me? And Mm -hmm. it's so powerful that thought in the back of your head. Um, I, I like to think of myself as following by my hit publish mantra that I talk about all the time, like whether it's good, whether it's bad, regardless of how you feel about it, put it out there because it's like the culmination of all your content, which is going to bring success. And like, I do a pretty good job of saying that, but by no means does that mean that sometimes when I send out a newsletter, I think of, you know, some of the people that I might look up to that are on my mailing list and think to myself, oh no, what is this person going to see when yeah. they look at this part of my newsletter where I might have put some of my own personal opinion on things? Are they going to disagree with me? Are they going to not like me now because right. of like how I feel about this? Um, and, and I'm not even necessarily thinking of a, of a particular instance when I say that. I'm just relating to the fact that all of us have those nagging little voices in our head that think I need to put myself second or maybe even last in the order of importance and respect on my priorities and what, what is everybody thinking about me? And like, how did that become so ingrained in us? You know, we got to figure out a way to get past that. I know. I think like society and just people being judgy, I think, you know, is generational and, you know, through like, I don't know, it's been passed down through like centuries. I can't think of a time when people didn't care like what other people thought. But I mean, but it's the older I get, the less I care, you know, like, mm-hmm. again, unless it's like a client or someone who I really respect, it's just like, who cares? Because it's just like, you know, those people are having their own issues. Those people are not even, some people are not even brave enough to do what we do. And what we do is so fucking brave because we get out there and put ourselves out there every day, one way or another, you know? And even though like a lot of my work is like client work, that's still me, you know, and that's still a piece of me. And I can't remember the article that I read, or I think I posted it in my group talking about does, does content creation take a piece of your soul? you know, and what that means is just that as you're creating, you, you're kind of giving something of yourself, you know, and, and I think the article sort of explores, you know, what that is. And, and you know, that was such a, um, and I think you and I talked about the, the author and, and, and really loving the author, which was uh, Mark Schaefer, who, who still blogs and who's like, you know, just did the keynote of social media marketing world and like blogs all the time. And, and, you know, that's a great example of somebody who's sort of made it, but still like, not sort of made it, he did make it. And what, is it Mark, um, Mark Schaefer. I thought it was the subtle art of not giving a fuck. 
No, the oh. the um this guy does like marketing and specifically. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. that's right. And yeah. like he like still blogs, you know, every mm-hmm. like every week he puts out a blog post and mm-hmm. like he's written I don't know how many books and like gets paid like a lot of money to speak and he still blogs and you know one of his blog posts recently was addressing you know content creation and whether or not sort of like that that saying remember like that indian saying like every picture you take kind of like takes a you know a piece of your soul i I don't know like i sort of feel and for me like i put so much like emotion into what i do that i do believe like to some degree it does you know when we create content it does take a piece of you so I think, you know, we, we put ourselves out there in such a way that most people don't. And so, you know, it's like, I'd like to have you try it and then judge, you know, to, so there's this, this part of me that is like, you know, screw what everybody thinks. But like you mentioned, just like everyone else, I still care, you know, I still want to be regarded a certain way, or like, I know what I'm talking about, or like I'm really smart and you know, I, I, I don't know what that is, but going back to your newsletter slash blogs, I cannot tell you how many times I've read those and I'm like, get out of my head. And how many times like those help me. So like never ever stop. And I know I reached out to you and sent you a text like, oh my God, you know, this morning's uh, email was just so right on. And so, you know, I think you do a lot of, you know, again, you do, um, I, I don't know, I want to call it service work, you know, to some degree. And I, I and just like never stop doing that. Thank just, you. You know how much my writing means to me. And- I know. And like, it felt really good. Like consistency, by the way, like, you know, you do that, like no matter what, and whether or not like you struggle with that, that's, you know, behind the scenes and we'll never know that, but like, you know, in, in, in on stage or whatever, like you're so consistent with that. And I think you're such a great example of that. And I know like, you know, uh, really big names do that or whatever, but like, you're one of like the, the, the mere mortals or like, you know, the real people that I know that do that, you know? And, and so that's really inspiring to me. Thank you. People, it made me feel so good in almost this like call to arms battle cry kind of way when you were like, well, why don't you try doing it and then see what it takes? Like yeah. writing is super hard. Yeah. It's so hard and I have to keep doing it even though, I mean, one, from a a business and a technical standpoint, like that is my way of investing in myself. And there's no question that my blog has like a, a almost, uh, almost a thousand posts now and it gets a ton of traffic because of that. And there's no other way that I know how to build that other than just like one post at a time. So I, yeah. it feels good to know that I practice what I preach, you know, and, and I, I, I like that. It makes me feel good. But even more, it's just this really strange, almost like inflicting pain on myself kind of cleansing process that I do because it is so difficult it's so difficult and I've never, 
I shouldn't say I've never. I've very rarely ever put something out there that I I hit publish on and I say, damn, like I really rocked that one. Most of the time, I feel like I'm 70 to 80% saying what I really wanted to say in the way that I wanted to say it. And honestly, I think that that is still like pretty good, (laughs) you know, like 80%. If I could get a B for my classes in high school, I would have been like super stoked about that, you know? Um, Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, it's always weird when people compliment you on writing because writing is like so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, like you said, like you have to expose yourself because if people, people can just feel that fluffy kind of bullshit type content that is so out there these days. And, and I think it's it's weird talking about yourself, as you know, but I think that the reason why my blog and why that stuff has resonated with people is because I've never feared just like being vulnerable about that kind of stuff, which by the way, you are, are doing with me right now on this podcast. Yeah. And speaking of that, I tend to overshare. And even there's times that my husband's like, you didn't say that, did you? And <laughs> And I'm like, I did. And he gives me that look of like, oh my God, what are we doing? So I I tend to like, you know, err on like the side of like oversharing and maybe like saying things I shouldn't or like being way too transparent with people. But I I don't know, my outlook on that is just sort of like, you know, like if it's going to like get screwed up or like if the situation is going to get screwed up because I overshared or because I said too much like whatever like I'll attain to the consequences like I just know I did or flowed how I was supposed to flow in the moment so Mm -hmm. um so I I think I'm just guilty of like always oversharing and you know so I, I don't even know what else to say about that but um but yeah, no, regarding like your writing and, and just writing in general, like we, and even whether we're writing posts or we're writing, you know, social media captions, whatever, we're not always, you know, gonna hit a hundred every time, you know, and, and we're not always, they're not, all the posts are not always gonna like, you know, go viral or, you know, not all the posts are gonna be like, oh, you know, amazing. But I think, you know, the value lies in the consistency, you know, and I think that that's what really um, is important and not just in your case, but just in general, whether you're like posting on social media because you're like marketing yourself or whatever, being consistent and showing up is the most important, which again goes against everything I just talked about me not posting and like, you know, kind of falling off the face of the earth because I was busy with clients. I totally did not follow my own rule. But going back to your point about being vulnerable, people are so over um, produced content and they can certainly tell when something is, you know, um, 
produced by an agency or made by an agency. They can mm. so tell when they're being sold to. So as far as like what the trends are and what the topics are right now in, in marketing and specifically in social media marketing, it's totally that. It's being raw. Like people don't even, you know, they're even advising against like well-produced videos. Like, no, make a video with your phone. Like instead of, you know, feeling like, dang, I can't, you know, afford to hire a crew and whatever. It's like, no, right now people are advising against you hiring a crew and recording it with your phone. And what's even better is that it's getting higher engagement when you record it with your phone because people want to see real. They don't want to see produced crap because they know they're being sold to. But if they see something real and something that was done kind of like ratchet with like a phone, they're going to watch because it's either going to be a train wreck or something really interesting that like, you know, they want to watch. So with that said, you know, I, I do think that there's, you know, that there is value in, in being vulnerable and being real and not, you know, overproducing everything where I think we were, you know, in an era a few years ago where, you know, things needed to look good and, and the quality needed to be professional. I, I think that's not the case anymore. And I think we can get away with like raw, you know, content being put out there and again it will get more views will get more clicks because people are gonna have they're not gonna have their guards up like they would you know otherwise yeah but i, I also think that that's probably always going to be the case because because regardless of what kind of innovations take place over the next 10 years in platforms or what it is that we consume um there's people are always going to be people and the way you make people feel is always going to be a real thing you know that that's why I, that's why i just love what we do so much because no matter how much you can measure analytics and all the fancy graphs and tools and and all of that stuff there's just always going to be this intangible that can't really be measured. And that intangible is just how you make people feel. And yeah. Some people are good at it and some people need to work on it. Some people are, are, are kind of just naturals at telling stories, but I, I, I like that because it makes me feel like no matter where the, industry of marketing goes as a whole there's always going to be room for everybody because everyone has a story that they can tell that on some level can resonate with another person on an emotional level so is every single person who starts a blog ever going to have like millions of people on their mailing list and be able to make a business from it like no of course not but but it doesn't mean that that whoever has something to say there's there's nothing stopping anyone you me someone listening to this there's there's nothing stopping us there's no red tape if if you can resonate with people if you have a message if you have a story to tell then you can do it and i just think that like i really think that is just the coolest the coolest thing ever oh my god that's why i fell in love with social media and that's why i do what i do so 
for people listening who may not know a little bit about my background, my, my career started getting records played on the radio. I was in the music business and I did that from like when I was 18 until I was like 31. So I had to go to each radio station I was in charge of and go talk to the program director and convince them to play my records. And, you know, it ranged from super familiar artists, household names to um, people who were new, right? And so radio stations only have about 30 songs that they can put in a playlist. And, you know, so so I'm competing, record companies are competing, you know, each week for those slots and for songs to come out and new ones to get put in. So there's a whole science behind it. And so before I used to have to go to someone to get, you know, their approval or their permission to to play something, you know. And when I discovered social media as a trade or as, you know, as a business or as a career back in like 2011, I was like, oh my God, I, I don't have to get anybody's permission. I get to determine what gets played quote unquote, and the frequency of how often that gets played, right? So I am in charge of the message and I'm in charge of how often that message gets broadcasted. So, and also, like you said, the red tape gets removed and we no longer need somebody to co-sign or a gatekeeper to give us access to something, right? Like the, the audience or the people crown you an expert. Like if you share about a content enough and you know what you're talking about, people themselves will crown you an expert. You no longer need somebody sitting in some office in New York City to say, oh, you're an expert at this. No, your own network will crown you an expert if you show up every day or you know, if you share valuable content and you know what you're talking about. So those are the two things that I, I, I fell in love with social media is like we take control. And as a consumer, we are now in a phase where not only is this obvious to consumers and, and they've lived in the era of, you know, we can now voice how we feel about a brand, but now consumers are demanding respect. So I think whoever's doing marketing that doesn't go into it as respecting their target audience is making a huge mistake and are undermining and, you know, sort of, um, you know, not really uh, regarding, you know, their target audience in, a, in an appropriate manner. I think that people know uh, now that they, they demand disrespect from brands and that they can no longer get conned and they're too savvy and they know exactly what we know. So I think that, that we need to respect our target audiences and not, um, you know, just feed them whatever we think they should be fed with in order to like, you know, do what we need them to do. I think they deserve more respect. V, I'm going to make a comment to you. Don't you, worry sound like totally different now than um, when I was talking back and forth with you. But before we stopped hitting record, it's, or before we hit record, it's amazing how, one, it's amazing like how much of a pro you are at this stuff. And that's why I've always kind of referred people to you and, and worked with you personally and all that. But, but also, just I can tell that 
your mindset after kind of talking through some of these challenges with me very candidly, I might add, um, your mindset has, has completely changed. I feel like you're going to go like attack this weekend now and we'll talk on Monday and you'll be like, man, I'm so glad we did that podcast. Like this is like conversation. It's, it's really, I'm just making a comment that it's, it's cool to hear like the transformation all of a sudden within this and then trying to use it to, to shed some light and some value that sometimes that's all it takes. You know, like we all have bad days. Everybody has hiccups in the road. Building businesses is not easy. It's not easy at all. And it's only people that can stomach the bad days that in my opinion are worthy of Mm. calling themselves successful or even calling themselves entrepreneurs in general. Um, Like you're going to get through all this just fine. I have no doubt. Mm. Well, thank you so much for saying that. And I do feel like this was a therapy session. (laughs) Sometimes you need to just hear yourself, like, you know, walk yourself through, you know, the the thinking process. And for those of you listening, I sort of just opened up to Tim as to like some of the challenges I'm facing. And I'm like, dude, I don't know, like, (laughs) if I have anything to share, because I'm not like in the best, like, mind frame right now I sort of feel like a loser so that's you know what he's referring to but I appreciate you saying that and um you know just like everyone else like we all have challenges and you know yeah we're we hope the hope is to get through them you know and to survive them and to be better from them and um you know and I and and I also think we we and I rather I'm not going to speak for everyone I make things worse in my head that than usually are so you can say we let's be (laughs) real about that shit yeah so you know for me and you know how dramatic I am you know me personally so you know like how dramatic I am so I'm like oh my god it's like the end of the world that you know I'm facing these challenges and you know whatever so um again I appreciate you saying that yeah well you want to do well And that's why you do do well, because you don't like, you don't accept, you don't like negotiate with yourself on doing the best that you possibly can. And that's important. And one of the prices that we pay, we're always like accepting for only accepting the best from ourselves is just that it usually comes with a little bit of, of being hard on yourself as well. And I totally get that. So, so here's what I think will happen. In the same way that we did our first podcast, it was probably like January or February of last year because it was about yeah. three or four months before I moved and I moved in July. Um, so we'll call it Q1 of 2018. I was going to say that first quarter last year. For yeah, sure. sometime in there. We'll look back on this episode a year from now and I can't wait to see like where you're at and what your mindset is on challenges and success and failure at that point. Because just remember, like you didn't even think you were going to pass a hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> you know, and now you did it. And it's like, Oh man, things Good are really point. tough. <laughs> Good point. And I love the fact that we just made this an annual event. We um, did. but now I'm going to flip the script and sort of, you know, put you in the hot seat. How do you overcome uncertain times? 
I just obsess about them. <laughs> oh, well, that's not helpful. <laughs> um, you know, in all likelihood, I can make like a self-deprecating joke. Um, I, I was at, I was sitting around with a, a group of guys that like I really um, admire probably about six or seven years ago. And I remember this guy, Scott, he came in because he was late and he walked in. You know, that feeling when you walk into a room and you're late and you feel like everybody's looking at you and like yeah. you're kind of stressed yeah. out and everybody can kind of feel it. You bring that sort of energy in the room. Um, and so we were talking and he was just afterwards, after he had some time to think about how stressed out he got about the fact that he just had a baby at the time and he was waiting for his wife to get home so he could meet up with us and he was late. And by the time uh, we got around to him where, you know, we were all sitting around drinking coffee and, and he was just talking about it. He had this sort of revelation where it's like, and, and when I stack this like uncertainty up against the rest of my life, I just say to myself, like, who cares? And sometimes for me, I just remember him saying that, who cares? And for me, it, it really is that simple where I just think about the worst possible thing that can happen. And then I just like say out loud to myself, like, well, who really cares? Because in, in the grand scheme of things, like, yeah, some things are really bad and I'm not, I'm not acknowledging or I'm not um, discrediting yeah. that bad shit happens. And when yeah. bad shit happens, we got to deal with it. And, and I and you and everybody has to deal with those problems. But when it comes to those fears of uncertainty in the future, like almost every single time something better than I planned came mm -hmm. out of my plans, not going the way that I wanted them to. So I, uh, I'm not even messing with you. I literally just say to myself, who cares? And if I say it over and over and over again, and I actually think back as to like what the fear is in that thing, I realize that it's, it's just not as big a deal as, as I think it is. Mm, I love that. No, it helped it's me. That guy, Scott, <laughs> it was just, just like a little moment, but I, it always stuck with me where you could see his posture and like when he walked in to the room and how he was like really wound up and like, Oh God, I'm late. And like, look at all these problems I have. And then he had just some time to sit there and drinking his coffee. And like 20 minutes later, it just dawned on him. It was like, is this really something that like is stressing me out in my life right now? And I, I just try to compare all of those things to just, you know, being late to that little coffee gathering. And it's like, who really cares? Like your life is probably going to be better off. Yeah, no, you're so right. And it's something like, it's almost like a switch, right? Like when you sort of hit that switch where you can't, you can't care all the time because if you do, especially like us, and again, I say us because I know us. Um, I don't mean to like make anyone feel like left out, but yeah. for us, like I know how much we care so much about everything so it's like if we don't hit that switch of like we don't care like I, we're gonna be miserable and that's putting it like you know sort of being kind um saying we're gonna be miserable but I, I like that makes so much sense to me because if i don't hit that button of like not caring it like 
it, it's just going to go downhill from there. Yeah. And I think what he was saying and something that I remind myself as well is that I'm not neglecting the right. fact that something bad happened. I'm right. not like looking at the world with rose colored glasses or, or whatever the expression is. Like if there's a problem, you got to fix it. But it's, it's really addressing that, that stomach churning, overwhelming sense of anxiety that yep. I find myself living in um, less often now, but like <laughs> very, very often, um, especially, you know, over the last 10 years or whatever. Uh, well, shit, if I'm being honest, most of my life, like that feeling oh. of, oh my God, what's going to happen? What am I going to do? How am I going to get through this? Like that shit serves zero utility. It's yeah. like completely worthless. And so when yeah. I say who cares, I'm not just saying like, oh, no big right. deal. Let me blow it off. It's not, like I'm, it's not like I'm pretending like everything's fine when they're not. I'm literally just addressing that, that overwhelming feeling of uncertainty. I'm, I'm talking literally. to that thing. If you want to give it a name, you know, like just you name it, call it whatever. Like I'm, I'm talking to that feeling and I'm just saying, I don't care about you. You're not you're you're completely 100% worthless and you're taking over all of my good energy and so i just that's what i try to do i just try to say like look man who cares get out of here no totally and i think that that you know it's important we make that clear it's like yeah. who cares after you've done what you can to um you know to solve the problem or to address you know whatever uh, you know again my pattern is doing that, coming up with possible solutions, doing what I can on my part. Most of the time things are out of my control, but then I just continue obsessing about it. So, you know, it's, um, so just to make it clear, it's kind of hitting the who cares button after we've done our part um, to speak. Cause then what we do is we sort of beat ourselves up about it. So that leads me to my next and possibly last question for you. Um, you mentioned something recently in one of your newsletters about always being anxious. And that is something that took me by surprise because you're probably one of the calmest, most not emotionless in a bad way, but sort of like coolest people that I know in the sense that no matter what happens, you sort of keep like this straight. I mean, I've seen you freaked out only once and it's been what over. Was it? Everybody staining your carpet and <laughs> which, uh, which, uh, that's, that's right that, like, dump that entire yeah, fucking bucket exactly. of like turmeric all over my carpet i thought it was so classic that like you remain calm over everything but that's like the thing that sends you over the edge which you know i'll never forget but but again for the most part you always like is something i've always admired about you that you always like even like if something goes wrong, like you're just like, look, man, we'll just do this. And like, you stay so calm. And so it really took me by surprise to know that you um, felt anxious at times. And it, bringing it back to me, I've noticed within this last year that like my anxiety has shot through the roof. And I don't know if that's related to entrepreneurship or just specific circumstances, but I mean, I'm going to go ahead and make the connection that, you know, it's probably due to entrepreneurship, but can you talk a little bit more about that and how you like have managed dealing with that anxiety? 
Yeah, I, I would actually be really happy to. And, and thank you for bringing that up because I, I've put a lot of thought into kind of talking about some of those things. And, and I mean, I guess it's my podcast, so I can pitch whatever I want to. But that, that feeling has a lot to do with why I recently try my um, starting that membership community um, that I am because, because I've never really had a job in my life and I've never been able to relate to when people talk about, you know, that sense of security where it's like, I know that my paychecks come in. Um, and, and I don't regret it at all by any means. In fact, I'm very, I thought you worked for Mike, the contractor. Oh yeah. 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 Um, I, I worked for him for like three years. Available to me through your newsletter, by the way. Yeah, well, he, he I also see that almost a, not different by any means, but he played a really big role um, as like a male figure in my life in a time when like I really needed it, you know? So yeah, it was a job, but he also was like kind of a mentor to me. So I don't know, in my head, maybe I've, I've separated them. Um, but like in terms of, at a spot where I was an adult and like really taking care of myself, you know, I've never had that uh, safety net, sort of speak. And so what you're talking about with your leveling of anxiety, what it is, is when you're running your own, when you're steering your own ship, you're constantly looking around, yes. trying to spot things that can sneak up on you. And and you're trying to like prevent bad things from happening before they do. And it's that worry, it's that constant worry that I think most, if not all people that work for themselves or live an entrepreneurial lifestyle deal with because, because there's, there's no other choice. Like you need to, you have nobody else to lean on. You have to lean on yeah. yourself. So you're just constantly looking around in circles with your head, with looking over your shoulder, like what is about to sneak up on me? What, what is this thing that I don't see coming? That's about to, you know, poke a hole in, in my, in my ship. And it, when you couple that with the fact that like, I've always kind of dealt with doubting myself and which is anxiety in general. Um, I decided that me talking about it is much more of a relatable thing than playing the card that like everybody on the internet tries to play where they post pictures of themselves like in front of their rented Ferrari and like printed out some fake money and put it on the table. Um, like that's not real life. You yeah. know, real life is, is yeah, I think I do pretty well and I'm proud of myself and, and I, I love doing what I do. And I, even when I brag about myself a little bit, like I'm not ashamed of saying the things that I do well. Um, but like, look, it doesn't mean that, that I'm not fearful of the future in the same way that everybody else is. I think what you see when you see me be kind of stoic is, um, is just, I don't know, me, me acknowledging I, I had somebody, it's just acknowledging the things that I can and I can't control. You know, somebody told me once yeah. that the only thing that you will ever, ever be able to control is your reactions. 
because mm. you can't control other people. You can hardly even really think of the thing. You can hardly even control the things that you think, you know, mm. like a lot of times thoughts come into your mind. Um, you can work on that to an extent, but yeah. the only thing I'll ever, ever actually have control over is how I react to things. And so I'm just very, very aware and I'm very conscious about my reactions because your reactions have like serious consequences. And when shit hits the fan, if you can just keep your cool, even if you're freaking out on the inside, um, you'll come out the other end. At least I have in my experience thus far. And I, I feel pretty good about my chances in the future. Agreed. What do you do to reduce the symptoms of anxiety? I mean, everybody knows about my fitness regimen. That's yeah. like the most important thing. And on that note, um, I've been struggling a lot with that recently because I, I hurt my back about six years ago and I don't think I ever let myself heal. And so I've been, uh, I haven't been able to run and it's been driving me crazy. But the most important thing people can do to manage their anxiety is to, is to work out. Like it's but not even close. Like work real time. Like, I mean, I work out and I don't see that. Like, I don't think of that as a real time solution. Like, even though like, I know like, you know, how there's certain chemicals being released, blah, blah, blah. But like, w like in the moment when you're having these, you know thoughts and sort of like going down the rabbit hole do you say something to yourself to kind of like keep yourself from going down further until you can get to your next workout no i i see what you're saying like it's not an instantaneous fix yeah. in the moment um no like the shitty not life hack solution is that until you get ahead of it you'll always be living like one anxiety attack at a time. Yeah. Like I, I really see anxiety as a preventative type thing. Mm. Gotcha. So instead of looking at it as like something to avoid, it's more of like a flag or like a warning sign. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing as anything else, right? Like the way to, you, you, you don't worry about your fitness when you're like 150 pounds overweight. Like it's way easier just to not be overweight. And the same thing goes for me. Like it's way easier to just be mindful of, of anxiety and what angst, you know, we can call it whatever that feeling is. It's yeah. way mindful to, it's, it's way more realistic for me to, prevent those things from happening in the first place, at least to the best extent that I can. Right. And it sucks because that's not what everyone wants to hear. Everybody wants to know like, what do I do when I have a panic attack? Right. Yeah. And nobody wants to hear like, don't have them because they think, <laughs> Oh yeah. Like I, ne I never thought about that, Tim, <laughs> but like, look, dude, <laughs> I've been through the whole shit front to back. And I'm telling you right now, being, mindful of that stuff before it happens is way better than freaking out when it does happen because once you get in it you can't the only way to get out of a panic attack when you're in it is literally just to suffer through it you know yeah. so like i don't want to suffer i don't want to deal with that shit i'd rather just feel good yeah
So how do you prevent yourself from having one? My writing, I think is probably the best thing. Um, you know, learning from other people. Um, I, I really, really take advice from books that I've, I've read. Like I, I really, really do. I, I try hard to learn from other people's mistakes so I don't have to suffer through the consequences of learning through mine. Cause I've made, you know, I, I've made enough terrible decisions in my life already. <laughs> like I don't need to keep that up. Um, so I, I just, I try to like people that have more experience with me and other things. I, I generally give people the benefit of the doubt that like they probably know more than I do. And I just listen to them. Okay. That makes sense. Why? What, what kind of answer were you hoping for? Just an easy, quick solution. <laughs> what else? Like <laughs> some magic trick that I'd be able to like use this afternoon because I'm in a constant state of panic. But it's something that I've learned to, you know, again, manage a little bit better. Because as I said, it's something that is kind of like a side effect of entrepreneurship that I was not expecting. At oh, least no question. Experience. And um, I just, again, wasn't prepared for that. I knew, you know, all the things that could come up, like hiring staff and like all the textbook things. But, you know, it, it was something that I, I didn't realize how much your mental health sort of is intertwined with you being a good entrepreneur, you know, and, sure. and sort of maintaining a, like healthy you know, mental health, if that, that kind of didn't make sense, but, but staying healthy, not just physically, like I learned how important it was to work out and sort of, you know, stay healthy on a physical level, but mentally I didn't expect that to be a symptom or that to be a, a side effect of it. And, um, you know, and I've already, like, I've always suffered from anxiety. I didn't know it, but, I, you know, things that were normal to me, um, they present as symptoms of anxiety. So as I moved through this journey, like, those symptoms became even, you know, more present. And, you know, like, clearly, like, not only do I need to make better decisions for myself personally or for my family, but now for my business. So like, it matters so much more that I manage them, that I manage those symptoms in a healthy way. So for me, like, you know, that not giving a fuck button needs to like, be activated you know mm. to sort of like know like okay you did what you can and you need to let go like you you need to let go of the results and you know but but I love what you said about sort of being the warning sign because essentially it is like as like human beings and the way that we were created like we were the anxiety was somewhat created to let us know we were in danger and you know something was happening and now we're not being chased by like lions or anything like that now Definitely. it's different problems but you know still applicable and that doesn't you know remove the symptoms that we experience but now I think you know just I think what's working for me right now is just sort of walking myself through, like you said, not necessarily worst case scenario, which is a really good one. And I need to try that, 
but just knowing that there's nothing, you know, that whatever I could do in the moment I already did or I'm going to do, but then after that, I have no control and just sort of accepting that powerlessness, you know, and, um, and that's become really big that I'm powerless over a lot. And that's something that you and I are very familiar with as it is, but like, but but this is a whole nother level. Yeah. Because, because again, when we're entrepreneurs, we're supposed to be in control and we're not at all. And uh, to some degree, but, um, but I think it goes back to sort of somewhat of like the basics of like accepting that, you know, with some situations you're sort of powerless and all you can do is the best you can, but you're just like, when what really so okay so one of the things i have been reading about is um is positive oh gosh what is this called so now i'm gonna blank out on it so um so it's basically rewiring your brain but like for the positive right so like we know that like if we experience trauma we're sort of rewiring our brain and like for the negative but that we can also do the same thing if we learn like what to do um we can do the same for positive event, mm -hmm. right? So I've been reading a lot about that. And so I think that now it's really just focusing on positive experience and letting them um, somewhat leave a mark on my brain just as a negative experience would. So I think understanding, you know, like how my brain is wired has become more important and also focusing on positive experiences and letting that sort of rewire my brain, if that makes sense. Well, it makes total sense. And I think that touches on the last thing that I'll kind of mention before we wrap this up. Um, I think... I was just sitting here a little bit about myself because I don't watch myself that often. And so when somebody like you like makes a, a comment on my behavior, you know, you, you start to think like, yeah, maybe I, I am like that a little bit. And here's really, really what it comes down to for me in terms of how I learned how to cope in like real high stress situations. And Ultimately, the only thing that really has gotten me there is that I've been willing to kind of go through it over and over and over again because it gets a whole lot easier. Like the, the, the scariest jump off the cliff is the first one, right? Um, yeah. So it, it's almost like when you talked about that mental toughness, and, and that mental health, it's almost kind of like a muscle where like you can train your, your mind muscle to know this has happened to me before. This isn't the end of the world. And I think maybe just an advantage I have is I kind of dove into this thing a lot sooner than most people. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty far into this now. And those kind of stresses that you that you've mentioned, um, whatever whatever they may be, like you know, I've I've had to lose really valuable employees before, and I've I've had clients randomly just quit on me without any warning, even though like we were doing a really great job, a, a, a no no fault of my own. Um, right. Like it gets easier. You just kind of get better 
at knowing how to deal with those those stresses and and i i I think I just feel really grateful that for whatever reason um the powers that be sort of threw me into this lifestyle uh in in a time where like the I could learn how to deal with that without having huge, huge responsibilities like I do now, you know? So, so now when stuff like that happens, I'm just much more, I'm, I'm much more readily uh, prepared to cope. That makes a lot of sense. But do you buy into the school of thinking that um, not more money, more problems, but like the more that you grow, the, like you have new, problems or like new things to be anxious over Mm. or do you find that it kind of just stays the same and we all kind of deal with the same level of anxiety well maybe i mean i certainly buy into the idea that that's a real thing yeah Um, but like i don't think that that is is the root of it you know like if if that were the case then it would be the case universally like how come when people get rich they get depressed and they get bored and when other people get rich like nothing happens like warren buffett's been living in the same nebraska townhouse for like 40 years you know um i I just i don't think that money changes people i think that not even money i don't think that that um that abundance changes people i think it just exposes like what the real priorities were in the first place and maybe i'm just fortunate in that way that like my priority has always been to just do the work that i love to do because like i love to live my life this way and i hate being told what to do so like no matter how big i get or how much i grow whether that's like financially or or spiritually or, or whatever um I just, I feel pretty good about knowing like what is important to me and then all the rest kind of takes care of itself. That's awesome. You're awesome, V. I appreciate you coming on here with me. Anytime. This is so much fun. I mean, you know, I can talk to you forever and um, I always enjoy these opportunities because then I get to ask you everything I've been wanting to ask you. No, and like, Wow, I obviously I didn't expect you to kind of flip that on me, but that I, this was just really helpful I, I think for both of us because I've I've been in my head about how to kind of approach some of these new ideas and these new topics that I want to talk about and um and you know getting getting more consistent with my podcast has been at the top of my priorities and I've 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 not struggled I've I've neglected um, the difficult part about podcasts, which is booking guests, you know, cause you know, I hate doing shit like that. Um, yeah. And so like, I kind of went for the, <laughs> for the easy win here and I thought Veronica will definitely come on my show if I ask her with like 12 hours notice, you know? Um, <laughs> so, so like uh, I, I wasn't expecting this to kind of turn into um just such a, a, a thought provoking and, and honest conversation, but like, I think it's probably exactly what both of us needed. So I really appreciate it. Agreed. You helped me out a lot too. So I appreciate it. Cool. Well, um, I mean, before we wrap up, tell people where they can find you. I, I want, I want everyone to know how it is that they can get in touch with you and how it is that you can help them. 
Yeah, sure. So um, to find me, the best place to go to would be my website, which is amarantecommunications.com. And there you can learn more about me and the services I provide. Um, also, obviously, on social media. And um, on Instagram, you can find me at amarantevero, which is A-M-A-R-A-N-T-E-V-E-R-O. Um, and also on Twitter under the same handle. So um, cool. otherwise, you can find me on Facebook by my first and last name, which is Veronica Morante. But, um, but thank you again for the opportunity. I really enjoyed our conversation. Of course. And, and as always, I'll, I'll put on that of the show notes of the site to anybody listening. I really, really appreciate you guys tuning into my show. If you could give me a rating. More importantly, tell a friend. It's the best thing that you can do uh, to support the, the work that I do. Um, even if you don't do that, just the fact that so many of you guys listen to my show makes me feel really good and really special. So thank you all. Veronica, one last time. Thank you so much. We'll do it again in a year, okay? <laughs> you got it. <laughs> all right, um, dude. Bye. See ya. Hey guys, it's me. It's Tim. One last time before we wrap up, just wanted to say thank you for tuning into the podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes. Please leave me an honest rating. Please follow me on Spotify. It's the best thing you can do to support the show. If you want to find out more, go to timstods.com. Feel free to fill out the contact form to reach out to me personally. I always respond. I appreciate you guys so much. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.